Hello and welcome to Scott's Movie Pod, until I think of a better name, which I probably will never actually do. So, uh, we are here to discuss movies that we uh, love, for better or worse, and the reasons why we love them. Uh, lots of podcasts like to talk about why movies are terrible or do harsh reviews and things like that. I'm more interested in talking about why we like the movies we like, what made them stand out, because no matter what, I've never seen a movie so terrible, quote unquote, that I couldn't find at least one thing I enjoyed about it. With that, we are here with my guest for today, good longtime friend, musician, sometime actor, Occasional writer, <laughs> well, actually, more writing than acting. If we're if we're being real, uh, we're being real. Musician, writer, and sometimes actor, longtime good friend, Mike Hendricks. <laughs> Hello. How are you doing today, Hello. Mike? I'm I'm very good. I'm happy to be here with you, Scott. Also, one of my longest time bestest friends in the whole world. Much longer time actor than me. Much shorter time musician than me. But plays a heck of a mean boy named Sue Cover. Uh, I do not for, <laughs> that's, that's does an joke. Uh, I wouldn't call it good. I would call it a series of different improv ramblings, roughly yes. in the vein of the tune Boy Named Sue. Yeah, that's, or the spirit of, it doesn't that. even have to be in the tune. It just, yeah. there's a, there's a reference to the Boy Named Sue and that is enough. Yeah, yeah. The, the overall <laughs> reference of just, you know, uh, a, a parent giving you a name to deal with that uh, is to make fun of you was, was very, was very huge. Yeah. Very, very paramount. Growing very, up. very paramount. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mike Hendricks, Mikey, as most folks generally tend to call you, or as at least I do, which, uh, you know, plays well <laughs> into what we're discussing today. Uh, why don't you tell everybody what movie we're talking about? We are going to be talking about the, original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, the TMNT, the live action one from, uh, 1990. it was like 91 or 1990. something? 90, it was 90. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that is one of my favorite movies of all time. Still to this day, I watched it again today and there's definitely some things that don't, don't age as well, but there's not nearly as much of that as there is with most other movies made in 1990. I have to agree. Uh, I did my my rewatch as I like to do right before the the pod, so I also rewatched it earlier uh, today. Yeah, it definitely held up a lot better than I expected it to. First of all, but also as we'll get into, little little eye opening for me uh, rewatching this because uh, I realized a whole bunch of stuff that uh it's is dark. kind of important kind of important <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And not even just like darkness but uh we'll we'll get to that so uh teenage yes, Ninja Turtles, 1990 directed by steve Barron, written by kevin eastman and peter laird peter laird the the same guys who Our also came up with the creators. characters for the actual yes. comic book yep yes and, and uh the stars a surprising large cast, which uh, some names people won't know, but a lot of names may sound familiar. Uh, so we have Judith Hogue, who plays April O'Neil, Elias Cotier, who plays Casey Jones. Um, then there was an actor. Okay. There's two actors for each Ninja Turtle. One is the guy in the costume and one is the voice, kind of like they did Darth Vader. But uh, as far as voices are concerned, oh. 
Except for the fun part. Oh, I'll let you get to go ahead and introduce the voices and then I'll, oh, sure, I'll sure. jump. Uh, as far as voices are concerned, Josh, Josh Pais is uh, the voice of Raphael. Uh, David For nope, not David Foreman. Brian Tochi is the voice of Leonardo. Corey Feldman is the voice of Donatello. And Robbie Rist is the voice of Michelangelo. The men in the suits. I believe Michelangelo. I believe uh, Robbie Rist also voiced the uh, or was played the pizza guy at the beginning uh, that tries to deliver the pizza to the wrong address. Oh, and so it's all uh, close. Very I could be close. wrong. But- no, you're very close. So Robbie Rist plays the voice of Michelangelo. The guy who played Michelangelo in the suit is the, the pizza suit guy. Was the yeah. pizza guy. Is okay, pizza that guy. is it. Yes. Yeah, I learned that, and that made me really happy. Just to know that oh, a yeah. version of Michelangelo was the pizza guy too. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That was that was a great play. They, they cared. Um, yeah. There was, uh, and then as it turns out, as I was looking, each. Ninja Turtle, who was in the suit, also plays a another like extra character in the movie as well. So really, uh, I didn't know all of them did. Yeah, so Leonardo, the voice of Leonardo, uh, also plays a gang member. Uh, the voice of Raphael is a passenger in one of the cabs. The guy that is in the what? Donatello costume is a foot messenger. Um, and let's see, what was the other one that was uh, pretty funny? Well, the pizza guy. And then as far as cast is concerned, because like I said, there's a lot of names in this thing. Uh, and a lot of them were bigger in like the late 80s, early 90s. So they, they've kind of like, quote unquote, faded into obscurity just because people don't know them well. But James yeah. Saito was the shredder. And James Saito is still a pretty strong working actor today. He, he pops up stuff all the time. Let's see. Who else? Who else? Who's, who is my favorite from this? Because, uh, oh, yes, I was watching this movie and suddenly realized, son of a bitch. Is that Sam Rockwell? And yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. it is. It's a young Sam Rockwell. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sam it's Rockwell is the, is the head thug who, if you're like, mm-hmm. really? I don't remember Sam Rockwell in this movie. Well, do you remember when Casey Jones beats the shit out of uh, Tetsu? Sorry. One of, the, one of the kids in the crowd is like, well, what are we waiting for? Let's get him. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, that is Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. And uh, the more I rewatched it, I was like, he actually Killed like... It. He's in the movie quite a bit. Like he keeps popping up. He's he got dialogue a lot. So uh, that was hilarious was, and fun on a rewatch. Anyway, a lot of people, but I wanted to note those, uh, some of those names, Sam Rockwell, more specifically uncredited, but in the movie Skeet Ulrich is also in it. A young, young Skeet Ulrich is one of the, uh, the uh. thugs as well. Uh, there's a couple <laughs> of people who popped up in there that I can't think of right this second. Anyhow, moving on. So that's our cast. That's our crew. We're going to jump into uh, the discussion zone here with the podcast and go with our. Yeah, my notes, like my brain, are just a scattered mass of words jumbled about on a piece and a half of paper. Like my brain. It's, oh, yeah. it's on a piece and a half. Of paper. First up, initial thoughts about the movie generally. And this is a good, like, uh, initial thoughts about the movie after having just watched it. And if you can even remember, what your initial thoughts were after the first time you saw it, which is okay, that's a so, deep, deep question right there. Yeah, the first time I saw it, initial thoughts were after the first time I saw it, I was a little kid and I remember being really excited that I had heard Raphael go, damn, twice. Yes. <laughs> I was super stoked for some cursing from my hero guy. And I was like, oh, look at him being a badass. And I didn't realize at the time, which made me excited rewatching this time, 
that they snuck a third one in with Tetsu. When Tetsu gets really upset at one point, he goes, or whatever, and he walks off. Um, but he, he basically says, like, damn in Japanese and walks yeah. off. And um, I I liked, back in the day, I, I hadn't seen the original Star Wars movies when I was a kid, like, at that point. I, I was later into that series. So I didn't catch, like, the little the kind of obvious references i mean the i am your father is like a super big one but like the whole the meditating scene and everything too like like where they kind of conjure forth and and like so watch rewatching it now it's like oh you sneaky bastards like but i still it was appreciated <laughs> it was still very much like i see what you did and you knew people would get that who had seen mm-hmm. that so i see what you're doing there because you're comic book writers so you're doing the the nod you do the nod a lot but I, yeah, I always, I always liked that it was a more, um, re, like, I don't want to say realist, but kind of like, it's, it's just a darker hero movie than, than basically all the ones following it that I've seen, um, in, in like tone and in like, there's a lot of little things that kind of slide under the radar and, and the characters are like, they get pissed. They, they like mess up. They do. And I remember being like, excited as a kid not just because i was seeing the turtles which i freaking love like brought to life and stuff but because like i felt like i could relate to them a lot Mm -hmm. and like in different different times um and as an adult yeah my my initial thought again watching it was like there's still a lot of relatable parts some of it definitely is a bit cornier and some of it i'm like the music why did you do this music here but (laughs) but most of the music was amazing and I still, and I'm still I was like, say, I was like, I loved, I loved the music. <laughs> yeah. I think the only scene that, that was, there's like one or two where it felt kind of inappropriate. Like for me, like there's like at the beginning, like when, when they're fighting in the antique shop before it goes down and everything, it's almost got this like Benny Hill sound like vibe. Like it's like sort of vibe. And then like everything goes to crap. Like everything, then it's like, oh yeah. And my, my father's, you know antique shop in my house burned down <laughs> like what <laughs> but um yeah, but yeah. but beyond that actually john dupress is the guy who did the music and he fucking killed it in this movie i will say that like yes. for, especially for 90s this shit holds up it's got this vibe of like pink floyd mixed with michael jackson at certain points and then this little bit of fanciful like you would see it in like an orchestral score oh, like yeah. in like home alone or something like that like he really nailed it with a good with a good variance there. Um, so I guess that's my kind of my take on some of it. Uh, yeah, plot wise, yeah. it still holds up well. Yeah, there's a Initial lot more thoughts now that I noticed. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember my initial thoughts as a kid were like not unsimilar. I was thrilled. I fucking love the Ninja Turtles. Um, I forgot honestly until my rewatch as an adult now how much I loved the Ninja Turtles. And that's part of like, right. kind of my- <laughs> All the lines like happening in your head as you're watching it. Oh, like... <laughs> not only that, but uh, so the big thing, which I'm gonna, uh, so as a kid, like die, I loved all the turtles, Mike Lyon, all of them. But Donatello, for whatever reason, I think I liked a lot as a kid. I think I just really liked the, the staff, the bow. And that mostly, uh-huh. which really kind of speaks to my mindset even going forward uh was not so much because i thought the bow was cooler it was just because i knew i could go out to the backyard and get a stick and have a bow whereas i couldn't have a sword <laughs> or nunchucks 
or <laughs> which a sigh. Is very much what you did which is do. very on brand for school, me. You were already having lightsaber battles. Yeah, I remember you and your fucking PVC pipe, whatever lightsaber battles. Like when I first met you, you were already balls deep in them, like well ingrained and having had many a uh, uh, around in the in the yard with your brothers or our other friends. Oh yeah, uh, and it was just like uh, so on so you know here's me as like a kid with the the thought logic of like well i'm not going to be able to get a sword or size or fucking nunchucks <laughs> but i can get a goddamn stick so yes. that's what i'm gonna do uh and yeah so that's like i feel like that 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 really uh is very very on brand for me you know it's like well i can't do that so i'll do this instead <laughs> uh you know find find a way to make it work kind of thing and enjoy what you what you enjoy in your own way but uh I really loved it. I loved really watching it. I thought everybody was like so much fun. I had so much fun watching the movie as a kid and I had just as much fun watching it this time as an adult. But oh yeah. Uh where my initial thoughts go is like kind of awakening, eye-opening for me. I'm watching this movie and I'm going, "Holy shit. This is exactly my fucking weird humor. This is exactly it." Yep. It's the goddamn <laughs> uh you know like right down to characters having back and forth friendly bickering conversations but it's like language based where it's all language based jokes they're insulting each other with the letters of the alphabet and then they're doing that with like their call outs later in the movie too i was like this is a no fucking wonder half the (laughs) shit that i write is like this kind of weird line that it's always straddling this weird line of like dark and humorous but not quite mm-hmm. too dark and not too humorous until I get violent with it. So yeah. I was just like, all right, well, I, uh, I see where that came from, I guess. Son of a I bitch. see these roots. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, can see, I can see the roots here. Um, yeah. yeah. The whole, uh, the whole uh, enjoying it, like the, the, uh, the sitting there and calmly watching, like, like the, there's a lot of the scenes where it's like two turtles kicking it watching other people just lose their shit at each other <laughs> just like, <laughs> and it's like sitting back in a dysfunctional house like i remember these days growing up <laughs> just like watching you watch two people or even just like you know i'm sure regular houses too people get in fights or whatever and then you have your sibling that didn't get in any shit with you for yep. once yep. hanging out and you guys are looking over at the other one that's in the grill like that's that's like covered in fire and you're just like well <laughs> yeah, Poor you can't crime? help but laugh. Poor crime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah, so that's my like initial thoughts watching it was just realizing, oh my god, uh, so much I am real how how much humor has come from this movie as far as how I approach things is really ridiculous, I feel like. Yeah. So another thing that I'm really happy that uh, Eastman and Laird were the dudes behind it, um, behind the whole thing, because I mean, they're the original Turtle writers. They're, they mm-hmm. do it properly. They, even though the franchise had already been bubbled up and, um, uh, you know, kind of shined over, like they don't really have, I, I, the first, I had the comics, my, my parents got me the graphic novel-y style like things that were just co- like bunches of comics in one book thing and like the one of the first intros to leo is like him like he's got his swords there he goes for the guy and then the next panel is just a blood splat and it's just like 
yes so it's like yeah. it's dark it's gritty you know and i like that eastman and laird managed to like get their hands on it because they kept that while making it still kid appropriate and they managed to do this like amazing job of like like cross marketing very specific little things and and giving little call outs to other parts of the universe like at the end when they when they the but anyways this is how this all ties in was at the in the foot clan when um when they asked the uh sam rockwell when they asked sam rockwell where you know what's going on here you know the 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 chief of police like is freaking up freaking out at him and sam rockwell says um um was i wrote it down the name of the place he says that oh you need go check out the east warehouse at lairdman island yeah which is just a play on their names (laughs) yeah and i'm just like i'm so happy they even put their own little names at the end because they're like we don't we're not we're not big you know but like if you really care if you read the thing you're gonna be like oh look they I'm like, there's a lot of that. The Archie boxes. There's a lot of Archie boxes in different scenes in the background because they had that cross universe where they were they were doing they were releasing Ninja Turtle Adventures comics yeah. under Archie's banner while having simultaneously the actual canon Ninja Turtle comics that Eastman and Laird were doing. So they have those. They just kind of sneak those little boxes in there to like kind of give them a little nod and stuff like that. There's like a little special thanks at the very end of the movie to their publisher and stuff. Like the new Ninja Turtles, when I saw the animated one that what's his face did the the CGI one. Oh yeah, yeah. The that uh, Michael yeah, Bay. It, yeah, Michael Bay did. <laughs> what's his face? <laughs> Lots of callbacks to this one, but this one I feel better about because the callbacks are to the source material. Or the callbacks mm-hmm. are too like they're deeper ingrained in the actual like lore of, or or makeup of the skeleton of the Ninja Turtles as opposed to being like remember this joke they made that you liked you're like no 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 this is them making that damn joke it nails it <laughs> like yeah I thought they did a great job that yeah my rewatch uh, like I said big revelation but um, the fact that it straddled that line so well the whole time of like being a comedy and like coming of age family movie that's also dark and kind of violent uh but it has yeah. great core like themes and messages i was like this is this is good stuff you know right this is solid really dug that really dug that i think they they definitely killed it with uh, their own adaptation of their work like talk about bringing it to life in a way that not only works but um it like really well adapted to the modern day because obviously they were doing it in like the late 80s when they made this you know it came Mm -hmm. out in 1990 which means they were making it in like 87 88 Um, yeah so that's like kind of wild and then also thinking about um i was just mentioning this earlier like right before we were recording but some of the action that they shot and did Mm -hmm. realizing um cases like one of the big ones was where they do that stunt they have the, I think it's Raph and Leo, maybe, or Raph and Michelangelo. They like grab mm-hmm. each other's legs and they roll over. They roll one, through one the, yeah. the other. And the camera yeah. stays the, with them the, while they're rolling yeah. and they knock over a couple of guys. Yeah. And even if that was like, let's say, done with uh, like wheels and a slider and a dolly, they still had to roll both of them together in live time for that shot because it yeah. wasn't, that wouldn't have been something CGI did well at the time. So, no way. There was a few like technical aspects as I was watching this going like, holy shit, like this really holds up. And also it's Ah. 
it, it kind of goes in that same vein that we've talked about or like a lot of people have talked about with sometimes just doing it real it just looks better it just looks way better because you can see the effect of everything on the environment way better than you can even with the best cgi you know it really yeah it really does and i feel like that a lot shines out in april o'neill's scenes where it's just her and the turtles because her acting is so fucking on like she there's no question about what she's experiencing there's no question about if if this is or is not tactile for her like she's in it and she delivers a really great performance but and i I think that having such good um i don't know prosthetics or is the right word but you know like like character suits and stuff to work alongside it, it was was probably pretty key for that like probably helped her out but she fucking kills it and then the the few scenes that her and um you know casey jones have together are like pretty key i feel like in in keeping a lot of the that like that human connection thing going yeah because she has her scenes with her boss but it's very bleh and then she has her scenes with the police chief but it's very bleh and like her and him actually have this like thing going although it's definitely got some things where like like there's the part in the kitchen where he goes to give her the massage and he basically like forces her into a chair and like just give me your back i'm massaging you right now and like i was like that's that's wow (laughs) that was definitely one of those moments watching it where i was like that is one of the very few things that doesn't hold up yeah (laughs) it's problematic as fuck for sure um yeah and the funny thing is is like you know, even considering the time in which this was written and the time that it was made, you can tell that they were trying to call attention to certain things because they made a point of it. Like, there's the whole interaction. That, with, um, yeah, the, the, oh, the front porch. That one stuck out to me a yeah, shitload. Definitely. As we're talking about this, we, we've kind of worked our way naturally into, like, what we liked and what worked for us and why, and also what moments stuck with us the most and why, uh, with, us, with us the most and why, those two things. Uh, but this <laughs> falls into that category just because, yeah, having her like looking to get help from Donatello and then he's like, well, I could help you. I'm I'm a handyman, basically. And then he starts like yeah. patronizing her because, you know, oh, you're a woman. And she like bites back and is like, OK, Turns well, I don't fucking need your help. And he keeps trying different nicknames yeah. and uh, she's not having any of it. But then at the end, he's also he also goes like, can you can you help me out here? Like. I'm trying and he yeah what made me laugh was just like okay the this I really love this scene because yeah he doesn't get it and he is a brute and he but at the same time he realizes okay clearly I am not doing things correctly communicating yeah (laughs) I'm I'm trying to communicate communicate I'm doing a bad job working out yeah yeah she's not uh, liking how I'm delivering this Right. And that's the thing is what I loved Mm -hmm. about it was she doesn't also help him out with that. She doesn't like, here, let me make you feel better here. Let me see Like here, let me correct you and tell you how you could do this better. He has to figure it out, which, which is good because you know, he needs, he should, he needs to grow up and figure out how to communicate with the person. And it's, it speaks to like having boundaries, obviously. And you can tell somebody she could have told them she could have, but obviously he is, he was keen enough to realize what he was saying wasn't working and it was rude. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, all right, come on, buddy. You it's know? Like, figure it out. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and I like that they, I like that they made that. They made Casey Jones. They gave him some weaknesses like that too. Like like uh, it's that one. And then also notable for me is his like claustrophobia moment where he's like yeah he goes out of the yeah. sewers and everyone's like basically making fun of him without him like he's like he tries like back i ain't scared of nothing backs into something and trips he's like ah! like basically like and he goes in the van and like like yeah i'm fucking cool guy still i'm just gonna go to sleep in here I'm gonna roll this window down oh my god <laughs> need some air <laughs> like those those yeah. moments are just like it's so cool because he's such a stereotypical badass that it's like they're like let's just give him these let's give him these little cuts let's let's like let them know even the badass people like they they they're kind of they they mess up they they don't they're not yeah. impervious yeah. like he's just got cool style he's like kind of a good guy like he's still <laughs> a schmuck in his own way he's like <laughs> yeah oh which i love also that casey jones really ends up kind of resolving a lot a lot like he takes care of tetsu yep and and he does it by golf clubbing him from the underside of his chin into the face which means he might actually have killed tetsu (laughs) like or if not giving him some brain damage yeah then this is great (laughs) then he does the shreddering yeah so there's the there's the the shredder he actually defeats like he seals the shredder deal and one other thing I noticed is that before that, when he is taking the truck to back into the ladder to stop the foot from going up anymore, he rams the back of the truck in the ladder. Two members of the foot fall off the ladder. We don't see where they land. It's quite possible they're in the truck and that he killed two kids when he killed the shredder by compacting them oh, in the truck, too. He may have murdered four people in that movie. Scott. Yeah, that's a good point. I actually was going to bring that up because, uh, like, acknowledging the other ones, I didn't think about the other ones, if I'm being honest. But Shredder, more specifically, I was like, uh, Shredder, more specifically, watching it, I kind of had this moment of... <laughs> right, right. But mostly, like, mostly it was remembering seeing it as a kid and my brain registering, oh, yeah, that is how this went. But as a kid... Yeah not thinking about it, it at all and now as an adult just going like jesus mm-hmm. he, he put a he fell in a trash truck and then he he compacted him <laughs> yeah. oh that's my some god chucky level shit they do that in a chucky movie like like they squished him thank you easy laird yeah they squished him they literally squished they crushed his body i was like oh casey jones is a straight up murderer <laughs> He's a real murderer, and he all and he's a, like, and he does it like a psychopath too. He's just, he's just like, oops, and then just murders a guy. But I'm just, I have so much respect for him. I'm just like, thank you, Casey, because you know the law's not gonna get him. <laughs> they never do. <laughs> and the funniest part about that ground. is, like, especially if you're going the quote realistic route, <clears throat> the fact that you've got like, uh, the fact that you have this this guy who already is out there on his own deciding yeah i'm just gonna clean up the neighborhood i'm gonna beat criminals in a hockey mask bats and a hockey stick and all this that's that's my game that's what i'm doing and then you're like oh literal surprise this guy is also just totally cool crushing murderer in the garbage 
Garbage <laughs> truck. <laughs> oh, oh, I love man. it. I love uh, it. I just like when I was a kid, it's, it made so much of it made sense. And like, I didn't think twice about and I don't know if it's because I was a kid and I shined it off or because like so, like some environmental stuff in my background was already pretty like hairy. So it was like it didn't dawn as much as of a big thing for me because of other stuff. But like this, I definitely as an adult rewatched it. And I was like, this has just mounds more like human damage like <laughs> than, than I realized as a kid. There's a lot of collateral in this movie like oh there's, there's the kids bodies solid. lining the streets like like right before right before and, and that's the other thing that i have to keep in mind now when i was a kid i always instantly forgot that the foot clan was a bunch of fucking children it's all children <laughs> some of them are teenagers but there's not like 22 year old foot clan members it's just the two adults shredder and tetsu and then a bunch of stray word boys like like from all over the city all different ages all different ages and tetsu's beating the crap out of these kids he smashes two of their heads together in one scene which is like that's that's concussions or worse like he uh well a lot a lot there's a bunch of stuff that you know off camera i'm sure is happening and then um yeah in the on the rooftop fight where they're all taking on shredder the scenes below on the ground, you just see the bodies of Foot Clan members all just littered all over the streets. And it's like, these, yep. this, that's just like the youth of the city. It's just destroyed all over the place. See, and that was something I was never fully clear on was like, I know, obviously it's a lot of kids and a lot of teenagers, uh, but they never explained it specifically. So you can, you can kind of speculate wildly, I guess. But um yeah, is it is it exclusively teenagers? Did Shredder and Tetsu just show up with like a small army of men and then train a bunch of wayward teens? Is it a mix? Is it Something. all kids? It's was it yeah? Was it just did they just find like a kid or two and get started and then just have them spread the seeds? Because like right, April right. O'Neil's talking about this crime wave, but she seems to think it's like a kind of a newer thing. And we know that Tetsu was or that uh, Shredder was back uh, in Japan fighting with Oroku Saki like when, when Splinter was just a, a smaller rat. So this is a, not that long of a timeline. So Well, it couldn't possibly it, be because that's one thing yeah. that it occurred to me was, so they were in Japan when that happened, right? Mm-hmm. Did Splinter find the turtles in Japan or in New York? I see the and thing is, the I think did they get to New York? Yeah, <laughs> that is a very good question. How did Splinter get to New York? Yeah, if they came over like to America before they were grown turtles, that's still like, how the fuck did they do that? <laughs> Splinter's origin story, too, <laughs> lost in New York. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, I mean that's uh, like that's like a nitpicky thing, but it, it is something that was, just occurred to me just now when we were talking about it. it was like, wait a minute though, if he was in Japan, how did this and his master happen? died in Japan. How did he get to the New York? Yeah. Did he find the turtles in New York or Japan? If he found them in Japan, yeah. how did they get to New York? I know he found the turtles in New York, but I don't think they. They no, they do in the origin because they talk about the toxic ooze and the sludge that he right, found the right. turtles in. But yeah, but he, I think he found him. In, well, I know he found him in New York because I know the, the canon of it. But in the yeah. in like 
it, yeah, in the movie, you're right. I don't know if he necessarily says that he found them in New York. He just says he found them. He doesn't say where. Found them. They're very and he vague about it. Stewards. See, yeah. and, like if I'm going my my writer's my writer logic brain, I could argue, okay, Splinter's a rat. He hopped on a ship, and That's the ship true. went to America. That that, that makes, makes sense to me. Sense. That makes perfect, makes perfect sense. sense. But uh, less sense if it's if Splinter partially oozed with four turtles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he was uh, yeah i guess he was just a wandering rat after his master died and he had his little would have had to be, i guess yeah. yeah so he must have snuck aboard a little ship and made his tiny little way across to little new york it's all little can because we get, he's can rat. we get like an animated movie about like splinter and his rat life before the turtles <laughs> like his an american tale splinter goes west <laughs> I really want to watch an American Tale Splinter Goes West. Really it, it bad. Would be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles colon Splinter colon Splinter Goes West, an origin story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, uh, what we liked, what we worked for, what worked for us, and why moments that stuck with us the most, and why uh, rolling into personal highlights from the movie specifically mentioning like specific performances or key moments or set pieces costume story what about that so specific specific highlights for me uh these are kind of all over the place chronologically one the taxi driver i looked up that guy he's done almost nothing else i guess that well no he's done a lot of other stuff but for some reason one of his bigger things is still taxi driver in tmnt even though he only has like one line, but, but, but I love his line where he's just like with, with a, Raphael's chasing Casey Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, he stumbles over the top of the car, his hat mm-hmm. falls off and the guy behind him, who I now know is one of the other Ninja Turtles. The voice of Raphael. The, the voice of Raphael is <laughs> in that scene. It's perfect. That's a perfect, uh, he's like, yeah, what, what is that guy? And the taxi driver goes, look like sort of a big turtle in a trench coat. You go to LaGuardia, right? <laughs> like that, that did it for me as an adult just as hard as as a kid and i was like oh that was one of the moments too also where i had that realization where you're like this is where my humor came from this yep. is 100 percent yep. something that i'm like yeah this is this is me uh i liked um that uh swinner got kind of a little he, he got he got he was, his advice was a little real he was he got really real in this one where like he says at one point he says you must strike hard and fade away without a trace which is how ninjas work but also is like brutal shit for kids to to you know <laughs> be like listening to and yep. then um and then very early on where all the foreshadowing happens even and and he he says you know uh you are still young but one day i will be gone and like Leonardo's the only one who really takes it seriously. And he like brings it up to Michelangelo later while they're waiting for pizza. And Michelangelo's like, well, pizza guy three minutes late. Like he just doesn't, he just shines. Um, oh yeah. He, he dissociates to pizza. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, like, oh, that. that's a tough situation. I'm going to get pizza. Yep. Yep. And I, I love that though. I love that they like, they brought, um, they, they they brought that like well it's real it's that family vibe the family mm-hmm. vibes always kill me that i there's just something about it it will always get me um and they did it there 
So when they come to get Splinter, still family related. So when they mm-hmm. come, when the foot comes and grabs Splinter and the Ninja Turtles come through the door and find him gone. One thing I really loved about that scene was that the wooden door that, that they opened just had a big hole shoot through the center of it, as opposed to being splintered apart or broken, which implies Mausers which they didn't, I mean, I'm guessing they didn't have the budget for or something or just didn't have the way to put them in and make oh, it make yeah. sense not get too sci-fi. But I really like that they alluded to the Mausers by having that door be shoot through in the way that they would do it because that's how they always entered rooms in the animated right. cartoon. Anything was like, they just right there and it's a little above the ground. So, you know, it's not something else, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super um, cool. I, I didn't even register that. Yeah, that that one, that fucking was cool. I I started writing down just all the injuries that, that people were giving to kids. Like, Tetsu kicks a kid in his bowed face. <laughs> Two kids skulls together. Uh, one kid starts a fire. The kid who starts the fire in the antique shop gets electrocuted right there. Like, yep. like with the axe. Uh there's one where Michelangelo coaxes a kid back for a while so that April O'Neil can jam the top of his skull with a broom from above down, which yep. is definitely neck and spinal injury. <laughs> She's giving this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, fuck. I, I, oh, I liked that Raphael had a very defined full swag gangsta walk that, like, to this day is how you walk like if you're getting approached or like someone approaches you with that walk you're like oh fuck oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> that was fun uh yeah. i loved like some of the references that they made there were you know every movie often will make their own little pop culture references mm-hmm. but it was fun and cute in the context of like a ninja, uh, ninja turtles movie and i and i and yes i did say cute because what made it that for me was um, the first interaction between Raphael and uh, Casey Jones in the trench coat. And he just he, he casually tosses the line of like, all right, bogey. Cause it's, it's a Casablanca joke, the trench coat and the hat. It's uh, yes. I was like, that's fucking hilarious. That's great. Yeah. But there was a lot of little ones like that peppered throughout like the whole movie, which mm-hmm. also pops in with like the same thing I was talking about before with the language jokes and how mm-hmm. like, how uh how they communicate with each other in that way uh those bonds were like really strong those those bonds are super strong and yeah that speaks to the same family dynamic and theme that you were talking about any family theme in a movie i don't know they get done a lot they don't always get done well and when you can do it well but also combine it with something like this where it's Mm -hmm. you know this is a property that case in point it worked like mass general audience appeal you know all ages especially people who knew the turtles ahead of time or knew the the comic and the cartoon Um, yeah they they were all over it i was obviously we were all over it as kids you know my parents loved it so i feel like the the writers and the the filmmakers of this just yeah they nailed it they got they got everything they needed to write to uh to bring this story to life and uh, in a way that was believable and awesome, especially for the time in which this was made. Because logically speaking, like I said, it came out in 1990. Only other big movies that I can think of that came out on a scale that was similar 
would have been the year right before 1989, Batman. The oh, first, yeah. The first, yeah. you know, the Keaton Batman. Um, yeah. And what else was 80, 88, 89? So Terminator. Like, yeah. It was like 87, 88, right in there. It's and, like the big. Know, obviously, Star Wars was 77. Uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi were like the late 80s. So it's kind of building on that. You can kind of see. I feel as though the 90s, especially right there when Ninja Turtles came out and forward, there was like a lot of movies that happened in that time that are really, really great. They still hold up. Like the way they look is really, really awesome. And um, costumes, set pieces, everything was so much more, I don't know, real because it was real most of the time. Yeah, yeah. And they were getting good. The vibe of that, yeah. They got really good at it. And there, there was a section there. I just, yeah, those movies were really great. Like all those elements really came together during that little section of time. And then obviously things have exploded since then. Um, yeah. And there's like different movies over the years and film history where you could say things exploded and changed. But I do feel like the, the 1990, 89, 90, when those big first sort of comic book cartoon property movie started hitting the scene that things really started to change because we had to come up with new ways to come up with uh, or create all these things costumes yeah. sets wild action that people haven't seen before you know yeah yeah things where you're like like and before we'd had like animatronics and stuff like that in some regards and we'd had like you know the muppet show and stuff but there's there were so many limitations that always had to be adhered to so making ways to make these guys so just vivid and lively was like that's super impressive the fact there's what they could do in those suits like like as yeah. far as moving yeah. the flexibility is insane um and their facial expressions and the way they talk yeah there's some there's some words and stuff where you can tell like oh okay well that's the, the audio and the, the mouth aren't really a hundred percent on but like overall pretty damn good all the way around and like just the 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 and and yeah the way they built like the camaraderie between these characters that like not necessarily like some are human and some are not at all right, right. was really smart and like you're talking like the, the family thing you were talking about like with uh that brotherhood moment with like donatello and casey uh in the when they're working on the truck and april's talking about how donatello's using that new friendship to like kind of get over get get past this and like thinking about things, Raphael. Yeah. Yeah, like that was really cool. And I like, and they really did have that genuine, it was like a best friendship where they're just, they're just slinging insults at each other. Like Barfaroni, Gack Face, Atomic Mouth, Hose Brain, Camel Breath. I'm just like, every one of these, I'm like, this is gold. Like, this is just gold stacked on gold stacked on gold. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah it's really respectable. Really respectable. And I like, and they, and they, 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 they really put it together well too. Like, the the cinematography was on point there were some really there were there were some shots that were more complex than they needed to be but it was well off for it like um like that the introduction of shredder yeah the introduction of shredder <laughs> where his his fucking bladed helmet gleams specifically in the sun and the gleam like like turns with him as he's turning and, and you can see the comic frames you, you know what i mean like i can see in my mind the, the comic book panel what it would look like when they were oh, drawing yeah. that, when they were like, 
want it to look like this like or april o'neill when 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 she's getting mugged at the beginning and the uh, raft's looking from underneath the manhole and you can just see barely his eyes and then then the perspective is from the manhole so you have this the shade of the manhole above the camera and stuff like like those aren't shots that they needed to take but they're perfect and they, they if they weren't there the, the the movie would not be as as wonderful as it is oh yeah 100 percent agree that falls in line with that technical aspect that i think is yeah really really on point and uh pushing like pushing the limit like pushing the envelope for this since it is a comic book movie if you really want to get technical yeah um and in and fact like, that's, that, like like as an adult i re i rewatched it with that comic book eye when i was a kid it was it was a little bit of a mix but here it, like i had more of an appreciation for where they made that reflect properly mm-hmm the the intro to Shredder, where he walks in, you got these gongs happening in the background. Yeah. Everybody slowly starts to make their way to like where they're called to go. And yeah, they throng this. to this. Oh, this fucking open hallway with just the beam of light and then his shadow just encroaching through the center and growing bigger and bigger as he approaches. It's not even just that. Just keep watching because this was something as a kid goes over your head. You don't think about it. But as like, you know, making movies, writing movies. This is a camera craning shot in oh. 87, 89. So oh they had the crap. jib down right. and they come all the way around him like this. So everything in this shot. shot, it's all one shot, but every angle as you're moving through uh-huh. it is like a comic book panel. It's so yeah. fucking cool. Yeah, it really, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize until you just now mentioned it that this was all one shot because I really, yeah, they still this haven't cut. I, yeah, like this is one of my favorite shots in, in the, the thing. And this was exactly what I was thinking about the comic book framing too. Like the angular way that all those kids yep. are, are um, you know, the, the railings that they're standing on are uh, in comparison to the shredder um, and his helmet. Like the, there's so much wonderful, like, um like little bits of diagonal juxtaposition there and like um what's what's that word horizon line like yeah paying attention to like perpendicular horizon lines and stuff and a lot of this it's just like that's like masterful fucking cinematography what i'm floored by is uh, until that moment it was still just the one shot and that's something that nice. happens. Um, sometimes movies, modern movies will do this. And uh, in, in honesty, the ones that do tend to be the ones, especially from a technical standpoint, I enjoy a little bit more. But um, oneers that's typically what we call them, a oneer where you just do one long shot to cover the scene or cover a full moment. And you just, it's just that shot, start to finish. Um, and they used to do it a lot, a lot like some of the best and some of my favorite examples are in some of the Indiana Jones movies and um, some of those like uh, early movies in that vein, or I think there's a couple actually that I really like that they did do in Batman and um, hell Terminator two has a couple that are pretty great, but yeah, just like these long shots where they use as much real estate as possible in that shot to show you something or to emphasize something and sometimes those scenes end up being more powerful and strong because you're not cutting. The energy just gets yeah. to keep building with that scene. Uh, anyway, yeah. That's my, my little film nerding out here about that particular scene and just realizing, holy shit, that had to be, one, an undertaking to do just to shoot because oh, shooting yeah. shots in general especially are tricky. That, yeah. They are tricky. With that and many especially people having to, to nail it. 
Yeah, and if you're going to do a shot where you're also rotating a little bit that you and you're coming down, the lighting has to change. You have to make sure none of the equipment's going to be seen in the frame by accident as you're panning across or over or down and up. Yeah. Um, any rigging, because obviously this is like, had to be like a set or a stage area, you know, but the rigging has to be hidden out. Uh, yeah, so very impressed by that. Very impressed by that. That's definitely one of the things that really, a moment from the movie that really stuck with me. That's like a highlight because it was just so artfully done. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out again. Yeah, I'm going to probably just go back and rewatch that one scene again. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. And then it also, it, that makes me think of True Detective again, just that season one thing, that oh. one shot they did. It was just like, oh my God, because of that, oh, that yeah. same effect. Um, yeah. 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 But I also like, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, this, one other thing I noticed on this on this movie though that i really liked was that uh the setup from the start is instantaneous within mm -hmm. less than two minutes of the movie opening you hear the news broadcast about the foot you see the newspaper about all these crime sprees you watch multiple thefts happen by kids yep. including the person reading the newspaper <laughs> and and you get introduced to like basically and you get introduced to the goofy nature of it, like the, the old lady who's sitting on her balcony watching the TV, and then she like mm -hmm. turns around to grab her sewing stuff, and the TV just like disappears, and she's like on, yep. she looks down, and she's on like the third floor, some shit. <laughs> like you get, it's it just it nails it right away. Just like they're just like this is what you're getting. This is what this movie is, and then it just does it top to bottom and the fucking soundtrack tells you this is what we do <laughs> like, yep. and they, they did the thing that oh that some of the best freaking movies do where they made the rap song that's all about the whole plot of the freaking movie <laughs> they just yeah. tell you yeah. everything <laughs> that was also i was like honestly that's really funny that you mentioned that um i was gonna bring that up because that's also something a lot of movies in the late 80s early 90s did where they would just have this random <laughs> rap song specifically written and dedicated to the plot of the film um i just the other night i was re-watching some like black movies for obvious reasons no i'm talking i would go even further like heavyweights has like a whole rap about the like the whole plot of the movie at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they even they even make a joke about it where the, one of the kids like starts to actually rap it in the movie and they're like no <laughs> i was just like this is funny as hell but that was something that they definitely that's did good. a lot during during that yeah. era when they were making movies so i think that's it's yeah. priceless. and obviously and like, i like if you know ninja turtles like the second ninja turtles they only up mm -hmm. that game <laughs> yeah and like and that's the thing they did like they definitely leaned into it more the second ninja turtles but I, I, I will say that like I, I, I like the first one soundtrack a bit better though. Mm -hmm. I mean, the second one mm -hmm. is really solid, but the first one is just so good. And they have stuff that just like it. I mean, it just rips. And also, some of the songs you're like, was this in a kids' movie or is this just a song that they found and licensed? But then you look it up and you're like, no, this was all written for the fucking movie. Like this was. <clears throat> This was for the that my body it's my body that was for the kids movie like, yep, <laughs> yep. like, like all original fantastic stuff. yeah um 
Yeah. All right. Well, dun, dun, dun. that's straight up a Pink Floyd riff. That that do 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 do. Like I'm pretty darn sure. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's like the main things I think right now. I'm trying to think of, like anything else I want to talk about, but that comes to uh, closing thoughts on the movie. Literally anything else that hasn't been talked about or mentioned that you want to discuss. There's one thing I definitely want to bring up that I didn't bring up at the beginning on purpose. Uh, the voice of Splinter. Yeah. Do you know who the voice of Splinter is? I do not. The voice of Splinter <laughs> uh, is Kevin Clash, who, if you're wondering, do I know who Kevin Clash is? Well, the answer to that question is yes, you do. Uh, except you know him as, hi, I'm Elmo. What? So the voice of Splinter is the voice is of Elmo. Is the voice of Elmo? Uh-huh. That's nut bags. Yep. I did not know that. Um, and if you look at his IMDb, you will see that Kevin Clash has been in basically anything puppet or Sesame Street related since pretty much forever. So that's <laughs> pretty, pretty wild. That's fucking um, crazy. I, I definitely didn't know that and was delighted to find that out. I was like, holy shit. Splinter <laughs> is Elmo. That's great. Uh uh, that's so awesome. that's that's a fun little fun little trivia factoid. That is. I was thinking just a random. Th- I want that noise that happens every time they hear the word pizza, like pizza, and then it's like and like their heads shrink up or whatever. I re- yeah, I really want that as a text message tone. But it's got to be somewhere. They have to have that it's somewhere. Got it. It needs to. I, it needs to be on my phone. So aside aside note, I was watching this in uh, my living room, and my roomie has his friend over. And we're talking about just the general, uh, the, how much flirtatious is going on with, with April O'Neil, just constantly being referred to as babe. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, then, and then we say, and then, and then there's another scene where, oh, where Leonardo and Raphael are like embracing each other. Um, and she's, and, she, and I don't know how the conversation, oh, and then there's like the scenes where they're like watching her on TV and Michelangelo's like, she's such a babe, you know? And, <laughs> Uh, this friend, she's like, I wonder how much of this is responsible for furry cut culture. <laughs> I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm just like, oh no. Oh, like, like, oh boy. Dang, that definitely dang. is heavily implied. <laughs> like, all these teenage boy turtles definitely want to screw this adult human lady. Uh, <laughs> oh no. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was just a little like, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, oh boy! Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I guess there could be something to that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want to okay. know. Oh, that's, and then that's one line, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then one line Casey Jones had random random line that he said when they when he's going into the sewer and he, uh, he they're introducing him and he goes. Why don't I ever fall in with people that own condos? I was just like, <laughs> me too, man. <laughs> like, that's my life. I feel you. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like, uh, that That was a good scene. He's all excited about the curb appeal of the place. They're like, oh, this place is actually pretty good, guys. Like, I'm, I'm surprised, you know? This is not what I... Uh, yeah, down here, buddy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was such a good moment. I forgot about that. That's, yeah, that's a good one. That's that's a really good one. Honestly, 
the the last thing that I can wrap this up with, one more little mm -hmm. fun trivia thing that I found out. Did you know that I guess there was it either an alternate or extended ending to this movie? No, I did not. So apparently, and I don't know if this was like, because it says the original ending. So I don't know if this was oh. theatrical cut and then got cut out after a test audience kind of thing. But it Dang, says in the original ending, uh, after the turtles have defeated Shredder, they are celebrating on the rooftop. And there's a scene where they're supposed to, right after that was supposed to be a scene where April and Danny, the kid, go to a comic mm -hmm. book uh, publisher and pitch an idea of walking, talking turtles. Um, the huh. publisher rejects the idea, thinking the idea is too far-fetched, <laughs> all the while unknown to him that the turtles are watching through the building window. <laughs> and, then, and then it says, Michelangelo seems to fall, but it's revealed he's hanging on the ledge, commenting on what he's just heard to the other turtles. And I was like, that's so fucking silly. That's so silly. But if that had yeah. been the way the movie ended, I, I, I think I could have been on board. I think that would have been cool. Yeah. I, one I of those dumb it. but funny endings you know it's like oh yeah. ha, ha. it's like talking turtles that's too far-fetched i don't think he's gonna buy it dude yeah <laughs> uh, there goes our so pizza that money. was fun yeah yeah exactly that's... there goes our pizza <laughs> supposedly you can find the clip of that online somewhere but it wasn't what? dubbed over i guess it wasn't dubbed over with the final voices so it's just the set performers voices um, oh, I haven't tried to find it yet, but I'm kind of curious. So <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty down for that. That sounds that sounds like a nice little nice little clip of nostalgia to to find. All right, but uh, yeah, that's uh that's where I'll close out our our discussion here for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That allows us to uh, change gears into the next section of the show, the Get to Know You section, as I like to call it, with Scott's big question. Big questions. Cowabunga. Cowabunga. <laughs> Cowabunga <laughs> indeed. Uh, so, big question number one. And uh, these big questions, everybody gets the same big questions the first time they're on. Well, when you come on again, you'll get a different set of questions, obviously, because I couldn't ask you the same thing over again. That'd be dumb. Mm -hmm. Question one. What is the first movie you ever saw? whether that was in theaters, at home on VHS, or at a drive-in, if you can remember what it is. What's the first movie oh. that you ever saw? Oh, man. I have, oh, it's, all, it's, it's like all blurred into the same region because like this is one of them, but there's also like Aladdin. But I don't know if that came out in 91 or if that was- I'm pretty sure Aladdin before. was 92. I think Aladdin okay, was because like. My first, like, movie memories are, like, this one and, like, Aladdin and Lion King. Now, Lion King was later. Um, yeah. Uh, so probably I think, yeah, Aladdin was 92. I believe Lion King was actually 90. Or was Lion King earlier? No, a little 94. later than that? Lion King was 92. That's what I thought, yeah. Lion King felt later. Um, so it might honestly be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as far as, like, things that i really remember because uh, i know i watched a bunch of cartoons and stuff like looney tunes and stuff but i'm not sure if there were any like lengthy one well besides like maybe nah nah this is the first one that matters 
I've seen older movies, but I don't remember them mattering to me. At, at, okay. at, I don't remember the first one I remember that mattered to me. Okay, so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles then. I think so, yeah. I think so. Okay, all right. Good stuff, good stuff. Okay, yeah. then uh, that is honestly pretty cool, pretty cool. I think you might be one of the first people where the movie we talked about is also the first movie they might have seen. Yeah, I didn't realize that that was a correlation until you just asked me. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, wow, wild. that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. I remember I remember thinking about this movie and the other two that we talked about doing, and I was like, man, I am so much more mentally prepared for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie than anything else, and now it makes sense as to why. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it, dude. Like, we all had the turtle love. I had, I had all the action figures. I had, like I said, I was Donatello for several years for Halloween. Um, I love the Heck fucking yeah. turtles. The fucking way to be. I got yes, to, I'm guns to have my turtles. Um... <laughs> Let's see here. Okay, next uh, next big question. What? What are your top? What are your top three movies and why? If Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is one of those top three, that's completely fine. But it does not have to be. These don't have to be okay. like, uh, like I said, it says top three movies. That doesn't necessarily mean favorite movies of all time. But they could be your current top three. They could be your all time top three. Okay. Let's see. Well. Donnie Darko is always on that list somehow. It just uh, feeds into that that uh, that little darker side of me. But it, it it hits the teen feels well. It hits the uh, what if I were never here thing well. It it ex- does the exposing people for being um, uh, deeper and more flawed than they present themselves to be well. And I like Donnie's the way he analyzes and talks about the world around him. I really liked um fair enough fair enough and the soundtrack is fucking on it it kills in that movie god notorious is such a good song uh, <laughs> um <laughs> but um let me see so yeah donnie darko um well another one that we're gonna that that will be chatting more tombstone is another one of my top tombstone. three of all time um mm-hmm. it's the only what i would consider to be like classically structured western that i really really enjoy um mm. like no country for old men i fucking dig to hell but I, it, I feel like it's more of a modern western whereas tombstone is like an old school okay corral shootout bar 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 gotcha gotcha western like like mono a mono blah 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 i don't i didn't watch the good and the bad and the ugly i i did later on and it was way too long but 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 uh but tombstone does it for me it's got witty lines got cool characters it's got like underdog stories going on it's even got that like that uh i like that doc holiday is like the old person who's like supposed to be getting replaced by the young hotshot and he does like the now i'm gonna go out in this undefeated streak thing i'm just gonna i'm just gonna show you what's what and then i'll die on my own terms and laugh at it like i love that <laughs> and he's and there's some really good lines in there too some really good ones just about and about friendship and and the, hitting yeah. the friendship feels does it for me a lot fair enough like, fair yeah. enough okay mm-hmm. number three we got donnie darko three. and tombstone donnie darko and tombstone number three that's tricky i'm trying to think of what could i want you know what it's gonna sound weird, but uh, it's grown on me over time. Chicken Little with Zach Braff. Really? 
Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the reason the reason I have watched that a lot was because when I worked at Circuit City, remember that? Oh um, boy. Uh, that was a place I was. Circuit City. How about Hollywood Video? Oh good God. <laughs> Back in the day, day our back old, in the day, our age is showing. <laughs> yeah, there's like um, a kid will listen to this and go, "What's a Hollywood video? What's a Circuit City?" Yeah, like don't worry about it. I worked there once, and that's why we can't date. No, Circuit City was like a crappier Best Buy. It really was. Yeah, it was like if Radio Shack wasn't Radio Shack, but was the same fucking thing. Radio Shack, uh, maybe it was Radio bigger. Shack trying to be Best Buy. Yeah, that's, that's kind of <laughs> what Circuit City was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's um, but yeah, no, Chicken Little. Uh, when I worked at Circuit City, I there were two movies that I would end up having the option to watch every day on repeat, and it was School of Rock and Chicken Little. And I actually really like School of Rock too. Um, that one's really solid. But Chicken Little, like, it is cartoony to the max. Like, they really hit the zany parts. They hit the family vibe. They hit the like the dad, like the dad son talk and like his dad not being able to express his feelings and stuff, which was something I had a lot of experience with growing up. And mm. um, that whole like trying to be bigger than yourself to make your dad proud or make your family proud or make people think you're something other than this little like measly thing to get tossed around that, that has no you know good place in the world. Like that really spoke to me because that was very much how I felt growing up. And, um, and the, the delivery is like really family friendly, but also um, it has some quick humor. It doesn't really have a lot of adult humor, but there, I think there's like one or two little jokes in there. There's like pee pee jokes and stuff like that too. And, um, and they, uh, they, they, I don't know, there's just something with the, the fluid motion of everything. The animation is like, really well done they they portray the, the emotions in these characters really well even though they're like cartoon ducks and stuff and random things <laughs> <laughs> and um and i really like don knotts as the mayor i don't know why but just like there's there's a bunch of he's like a turkey he's turkey lurkey right and he's the mayor and there's like a bunch of scenes where eventually the aliens are coming down they're like zapping all the, the townspeople on board of their ships and they're kidnapping them and like like when the alien like comes to get turkey lurkey who's don knots he like zaps everything like don knots like you can have anything you can have this 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 but eventually you know like he to the city whatever and he like zaps it all away and then eventually he's got nothing but this box of tic tacs and he just shakes it and he goes <laughs> tic tac <laughs> the guy just zaps him but and for some reason that moment did it for me like when when you lost everything you got and you still try and just be like breath man <laughs> like uh, <laughs> It's good. It's, yeah, right. That movie has a lot of those. So, so those are my three. I think those are mine. They're they're, they're sounding pretty solidly in my brain parts. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I haven't watched well, Chicken Little in a long time. I'll have to give that another another watch sometime. Yeah, I've like I've I have forgotten so much of that movie. It's really solid. There's there's a fantastic like Indiana Jones reference at the very beginning too. Like. A uh, lady knocks over a car, hits uh, the bottom of a water tower. The water tower f- falls over and starts rolling through the city. Uh, it's like a big, giant, you know, circular object. And then it goes through the theater, and the people in the theater are watching Indiana Jones. And I think it's the, the Raiders of the Lot, whatever one he's running them from the ball in. 
Yeah, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, and it's that scene where it like shows him like start to run forward through the theater, running from the ball, and then the the giant water tower comes crashing through the back of the theater where the ball is. Everybody's like ah, running away, and I'm just like, thank you guys, thank you. So <laughs> like, much fun. None of the kids who are watching this have probably even seen Indiana Jones because of the age difference. It's like a thirty year gap in, in release date but yes thank you for me <laughs> yeah that was a joke for the parents 100 yeah 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 three solid choices i'll have to like i said i'll have to check out chicken little again sometime yeah i forgot so much of that movie uh that sounds fun i'll, I'll definitely need to rewatch it <laughs> okay then we've got next question what movies are you looking forward to that aren't out yet I know that's uh, difficult given the year that it's been, but uh, that's yeah. also the reason for the question. So I can see if I have uh, missed out on things. It's true. Yeah. For the, what's, let me see. What's coming forward that I want to see really bad is that new Batman looks dope. Looks quite, quite good. And uh, the Mortal Kombat movie. I am excited about Batman, but I expect it to be great. I am more excited about Mortal Kombat because I don't have that set expectation with the series nailing it over and over and over. And this yeah. time, look, they might fucking nail it. And I want them to fucking nail it. Because <laughs> it's a yeah. cool war. It's a cool game. Like, $300 glasses, asshole. Like, whatever, man. Just do the thing do the thing you can make it a little corny but it doesn't look like it's corny and that's great because mortal Kombat isn't really corny anymore like the video games i mean they were a little they always had the whoopsie moments and stuff like that but but they they overall the story is pretty fucking brutal it's supposed to be mm -hmm. pretty fucking brutal. yeah it's like i guess that makes that makes sense but it, it's um, i was happy to see that that they are they're doing it in the style of the newer games with like like specs to that and uh and i like that scorpion scorpion looks just oh he looks so fucking cool he's just like traditional ninja as fuck with that facial hair and shit like everything's dope i'm so excited for that i'm glad that you mentioned that um because mortal the first mortal Kombat movie i was stoked for as a kid like i had to and it's funny like that i even had to have this conversation with my parents given the amount of other movies i'd seen at that point my mom didn't want me to watch Mortal Kombat because she was worried it was too violent. Really? And, the first one? <laughs> yeah, the first one. And uh, oh. which is funny because given the year that it came out, at that point, I had already seen Batman, Terminator, Terminator 2, Alien, Aliens. And I'm just like, Jesus, those are and way. She, yeah, but she's assuming because the of the video game, Alien I think. Yeah. Maybe because of the video yeah. game and the blood content. And that was one of the things she brought up was like, well, the blood. And I happen to know because one of the kids in my class told me, because I didn't get to see it in the theater. I saw it on VHS. One of the kids mm -hmm. in my class told me, he's like, there's like no blood in the movie. There's like there's one like drop no of blood, blood in the yeah. entire movie. And I told Straight that up. to her and was so glad that it was true, but it didn't diminish the enjoyment <laughs> of the movie. There's so much other wacky shit going on. Um, but yeah, yeah rep, uh, Scorpion and Reptile were my favorites from the first movie. And I always loved Scorpion. I always thought he was the coolest. I like, and Sub-Zero, obviously they're the, they're, they're the dopest. That's why people love them so much. And it's part, partly because of their design. Those are my two, those are my two big ones that I'm stoked about. I, Fair enough. I think there was like one or two more that were coming out. But those are the ones that stand out the most. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, we go on to our last big question, just basically. Uh, any other question. any other personal recommendations not mentioned above? So anything at all that you really enjoy, movie-wise, or even show-wise, uh, you could recommend? Movie-wise or show-wise, things that I would... Hmm. <laughs> show-wise, I mean, it's already old, but Russian Doll. It's very good. Russian Doll is pretty great, um, yeah. Umbrella Academy. It's like a no-brainer. Umbrella Academy is huge no-brainer. Very no fun, very fun. Um, movie-wise, I'm trying to think of if there's some stuff that maybe isn't all like out there out there i had mentioned to you uh prior that i really like elephant by gus von sant so right that's something that hasn't been seen i checking that out and thumbsucker is kind of an interesting one too um but uh it's not like it, you don't need to go like you know pirate the heck out of something and ru ruin the economy for it but um you know <laughs> if you get the chance to check out either of those movies <laughs> I would recommend just giving them a giving them a look at yeah. Solid recommendations. Okay. And the Matrix, all of them. <laughs> and by that I mean you got to play the video games so you can see all the animated and cool special scenes they shot for the video games that didn't go into the movie because they tie into the. Uh, okay, I'm done. Let's see if those <laughs> tie into the next one, huh? That God, I can't. Okay, that's the other movie I'm waiting for. No, Matrix Four and John Wick Four. Those are my, my, my heart grew three sizes that day. I want those. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> those, I th those are good picks. Those are good picks for sure. I think those are solid yeah. recs. Um, well, all right. Then uh, that brings us to the end. Our wrap up here. We just have uh, any, uh, you've got any tags or pluggables you want to drop here for people to check out. Now, now's the time. Okay, uh, go look at Cohorts and Cronies because I'm making a card game with my pals and it's fun and stuff. Um, and, you know, I'll have something else to drop next time. But for now, go fucking look at Cohorts and Cronies. <laughs> uh, cohorts and Cronies? Does Cohorts and Cronies have any uh, social tags or anything like that? Any websites, yes, you can, pages? You can, you can find us. Uh, we are, our company name is Silent Protagonist Games, so you can find us at silentprotagonist.games. Um, you can also find uh, Silent Protagonist Games or Cohorts and Cronies on Facebook, uh, Instagram, all those, all those little handles, all those social channels. Um, and, you know, if you have any problems finding it, literally just type in Cohorts and Cronies. There's nothing else called that in like the world it's just just you'll find it i promise i love you <laughs> okay okay and uh if people if people want to follow you you no, no pressure obviously you don't have to drop your your own stuff oh, unless you want to i mean yeah if you want to uh, my uh insta handle is quark giant and that is where i put random things that i hope will entertain people and uh, also other random photos and things and uh feel free to not follow if you don't want i don't care or drop me a message yeah. and say hey man i really like the way that season four went down of that show you're not watching and i'll be like sweet tell me about it let's be friends so it could go either way <laughs> uh yeah but you know once in a while if they follow you you might also see uh the occasional entry of poetry you might see the occasional music riff or sketch video uh you might see some writing now and again 
like I, those are all things I mentioned at the beginning that you do, and uh, those are all things that are worth checking out. So you can follow Thanks, Mr. Yeah. Mike, Mikey Hendricks here at uh, at Cork Giant uh, for his personal socials and at silentprotagonist.games, uh, if I got that right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Check out his upcoming card game or the website for cohorts and cronies and uh also as i mentioned he's a musician he's working on music things they had a band for a while they don't right now but music is coming, uh, music yeah. is coming. next time next time i come on i'll have more news on that front maybe got some things shaken indeed indeed open oh, with that cat meow it's uh, as good a sign as any to stop recording uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you for coming on the show, Mike. Thanks for stopping by yeah. to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Thanks uh, for having me. Really Scott. had a good time. Yeah, always, always good to hang out always with you. And, uh, <laughs> Especially in this context, so far away from each other. You smell terrible, Michael. Take a shower. You son of a bitch. Get a haircut, you hippie. <laughs> That's fair. That's what my grandpa's been telling me for years. <laughs> Uh, uh anyway uh, yeah that's that's the episode that was our our talk on teenage mutant ninja turtles thank you for stopping by and listening this has been scott's movie pod until i think of another name which i may never actually do so scott's movie pod <laughs> you can use that one for free <laughs> this, one, this, this one's free but the next one will cost me right yeah yeah just a penny a piece for per listen Okay. I don't know where you're going to come I'm up with sure. the money because I don't. Yeah. I'm sure I'll think of something. Sure something. Alright, thank you very much for stopping by and listening to Scott's Movie Pod until I think of a better name, which I may never do. Special thanks to my guests for coming on the show and all of you for listening. Original podcast music by Weston Lee Ball. You can find them at lava underscore submersible on Instagram and Weston Lee Ball on Facebook. And if you like the podcast, do me a favor and just rate and review. Let me know what you think. Leave a comment and uh, maybe I'll read it during the show. Thanks again and I'll catch you next time.